It is another edition of Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I am Channel Partners' Craig Galbraith, Executive Editor, alongside our Business Development Lead, Kevin Morris. How are you doing, my friend? Craig, I'm feeling a little crazy. I'm feeling a little sick with something called March Madness, my man. How are you doing? I'm good. It's the March Madness edition. I've been so busy this week, I almost forgot that the tournament was starting up, but uh, I better get my bracket in. And I'm talking about the NIT tournament. Is that what you're referring to? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, as a Syracuse fan, we were a bubble team, and I was born and raised in Syracuse, New York, so I root for their team still, and uh, we didn't make the NCAA tournament this year. But, uh, you know, I'm still excited to go win millions of dollars uh, via various bracket opportunities. You're in a better situation than my Washington Huskies were this year with 13 straight losses to end the season. So uh, we started looking on to next year about two months ago. (laughs) You know, I did get some information. Uh, Some of the host seedings for podcasts came out. And I am pleased to tell you that I myself made it into the tournament as a 16 seed. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Well, congratulations. Now you got to go up against a one, though, in your first game. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to bring it. If I, we play the first five minutes of this podcast, it's over. <laughs> For me. Uh, you know, speaking of seedings, uh, we have an event coming up that's definitely a number one seed on your trade show calendar. It's the Channel Partners Conference and Expo, Craig, April 10th through the 13th at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. And, you know, I just wanted to know what you're getting really excited for now that we're only less than a month away for seeing at the show. What are you psyched about? Got to be the Expo Hall, Kevin. I know it's an easy choice. Everyone looks forward to the Expo Hall. But I just love that anticipation when everyone's crowding around the door there, the entrance, about 10 minutes before it opens. The clock hits four, and then people just flood through those doors. It's a great sight. It certainly is, Craig. It certainly is. Uh, Definitely, even though it's in April, definitely a March Madness feel to that when uh, we open that registration gate and everybody files into the Expo Hall. Fortunately, nobody gets trampled. It is kind of like a running of the bulls, though, so to speak. I was going to compare it to uh, parents beating each other up on Black Friday over Tickle Me Elmo. That's true. And I was so glad that my dad was pretty tough back in those days. So I was able to get mine. I don't know what the hot kids toy is this year. Sorry, I'm going back in time about 15 years. That would have put you in your 20s when your dad was buying that for you. Yes. Yeah. And that's about right. I think they're looking at Commodore 64s now. I think that's the new big thing. (laughs) Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a good thing I'm on a technology podcast. No wonder I'm uh, the 16 seed. (laughs) So when people go into the Expo Hall on that first day, Kevin, they're going to see a lot of new exhibitors, a ton of exhibitors overall. Uh, That's correct, Craig. And that's actually what I'm looking forward to most is the variety that we're going to have at Channel Partners this year. As you know, 20 years ago, uh, when we did our first show, we were Foam Plus and we were a telco show, uh, you know, at the breaking of the Telecommunications Act, the uh, deregulation of telecom, so to speak. And now we have those telco routes. Those companies are still there and still doing very well and still have some great solutions. But now we have all these new IT vendors coming and exhibiting there and the partners really want to learn more about it and digital transformation and what that means for for their end users' businesses and for their businesses. We're going to have cloud vendors. We're going to have security vendors. We're going to have IoT vendors. We're going to have mobility vendors. We're going to have vendors in the Ingenious Bar that can help you with your business model and talk to you about marketing tactics, sales tactics, CRM tactics, uh, content creation. So we're going to have a little bit of everything for everyone there uh, this time around at our 20th anniversary. So I'm really excited for that. Speaking of being excited, Kevin, I'm just excited for this podcast because we have a couple of great guests. 
One of them is David D. Camillus with Platte River Networks. Now, some of our listeners may know Platte River as the MSP and IT provider that hosted Hillary Clinton's private email server. David's a great guy. Platte River is a regular CP360 award winner. I'm excited to get his insight into how all that went down. Should be some good stuff, but we're going to get to that in a bit. And Craig, as I understand it, you know, we do have another guest as you were, like Willie Nelson, on the road again. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the trip you took last week? First of all, that's the only comparison between me and Willie Nelson. That's all all I'm going to say about that. I bet. Uh, Absolutely. I was at the Planet One Tech Tour stop in Newport Beach, California last week. Got a chance to catch up with Verizon Channel Chief Janet Shines. She's going to talk to us about a lot of things, including what she's going to be talking about in her keynote at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. And uh, Kevin, you'll be excited to know that she's going to tell us about a celebrity guest in her keynote. Uh, She's not going to reveal who that is until the day before, but she did tell me it is a country music star. And I know how much you love country. I do. (laughs) I do like it. I'm I'm more of a rock guy, but I'm getting into some country now. I know my kids watch The Voice. I think Blake Shelton's pretty funny. So I I can get behind that. I like it. There you go. So we're going to find out more about that in our little interview with uh, Janet Shines coming up in just a moment. And Kevin, other big news coming out of the Planet One event was a panel that they held there on this newer networking technology that I think you're pretty familiar with. Oh, is that the new SID One technology that everyone <laughs> seems to be talking about and all these new exhibitors are coming in to present? I just keep hearing about it as SID One. I am really excited to learn more about this. Yeah, you're close. They refer to it as SD WAN, actually. Oh, I thought there was somebody out there named SID Juan who invented this and everybody was just basing the technology on that. Yeah, well, you better catch up a little bit before the show. At least we've still got a a few weeks uh, to get into that. Uh, Again, now I know I am a 16 seed. I'll get it one day. I promise. (laughs) He's just kidding, everybody. He knows what SD-WAN is. Could that be software-defined wide area networking, correct? There you go, Kevin. Well done, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm just really happy Google works quickly. (laughs) All right, enough of these shenanigans. Uh, Let's go now to my recorded conversation with Janet Shines, Verizon's channel chief, uh, last week at the Planet One Tech Tour Stop in Newport Beach. All right, here in Newport Beach, California for the Planet One Tech Tour event, Newport Beach Stop. I'm here with Janet Shines from Verizon. Janet, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Look at this view. How could we be anything but perfect today? It, it's beautiful. I feel bad for our listeners that can't see this as we're looking at it. But, picture uh, ocean, green rolling hills. You, so you get the picture. <laughs> so you have another new title, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's all I with do. this Verizon Business Markets. Tell us about that. That is correct. So I am the Chief Channel Executive for Verizon Business Markets. It's a newly a formed group. We have all of small business, medium business, corporate, mid-markets. And I still, of course, run the Verizon Partner Program for Enterprise as well. So we have not split the program apart. Anybody that's listening that's concerned, no, I picked up the VPP program lock, stock, and barrel and moved it on over to Verizon Business Markets. And we're also integrating the XO Channel Program in my team as well. So uh, on top of all of that 
wonderful fantasticness, we also have our SLED, our state, local, and education, uh, in direct came over as well. And so we have all B2B channels across all the programs that people used to know and love in our small business and state and local education in one group, in one team, in one program. And we're working right now on some enhancements to the program, which we'll be announcing at the Channel Partner event in April. You're going to make us wait? I am so going to make you wait. Well, we'd be disappointed if we didn't have anything to talk about then. <laughs> That's <wait>. right. <laughs> so speaking of the show, you're giving the keynote on Tuesday morning, the first full day of the show. Give us a little preview. So I am really going to talk about what we want to see happen to help the channel grow and how we are investing as Verizon back in the community to help the local partner, help local businesses get out there and grow and be bigger than any enterprise ever dreamed possible. And so I'm going to be joined on the stage, hint, hint, by a famous country music star who is also doing some unbelievable things to help local communities across the U.S. and help children, who will be not only my first Community Maker Award winner, a new Verizon Award, but will also be performing to entertain folks so that folks can have a little bit of fun and a little bit of magic before they start their day. So is this going to be a surprise who this is right up to the moment, or it, how soon will we know? I will probably tell a day before. Just so people don't, you know, stay out too late the night before so they're in the seats because it's going to be a special, special thing for everybody to experience. We're very excited about it. That's a good teaser. It is a we good teaser. We love teasers in the news business. So yeah, I know, sure. right? So Verizon's also sponsoring our Business Success Symposium, pre-conference event. I know you're looking forward to that. What can uh, those in attendance expect from Verizon? First of all, what a great idea to have somewhere where the partners can go and invest in their business and learn the way they want to learn in different tracks about what's really going on. How are they going to integrate into their business? their marketing, their technical plans, and how are they going to go and then take that out to their customers and let's face it, make money. We're, you know, we're a for-profit industry. <laughs> and so what I think they can expect from Verizon is to see some of our latest technology, but most importantly, we're going to really be doubling down on how do they market, how do they go to market, how do they sell and develop business. So let's get back to this event here in beautiful Newport Beach, as we remind listeners that we're looking out on the ocean. Um, talk about SD-WAN. You're sponsoring our software-defined networking category on our website. SD-WAN is all the rage. What's your message to folks here today? Yeah, and thank you again for letting us sponsor that as the leader by Gartner, you know, the leader in SDN and NFV. We feel it's important for us to make sure that we continue to set the stage and set the table for our channel partners. So the first thing is, today as we stand here, SDN has become a bit of a marketing fog the way cloud did a few years ago. So it's important for partners to understand what the technology really does and what's really happening out in the marketplace. So today I'm going to talk about three key things. One, how are enterprises, corporations, and medium businesses and government adopting this technology? What does it really look like? How do you not fall into the marketing fog and actually fall into the go-to-market abilities? And so I'm going to talk about what we're really seeing in pilots and proof of concepts and in companies that are rolling out this technology in the use cases. I'm going to talk about how you pick a good provider. There's a lot of consolidation starting and happening in the market, and you don't want to be the partner that sells the company's product that the next week gets acquired or goes out of business. So it's really important, right, that they invest in the right technology. And then third, how they can work with their customers to understand why the customers want SDN, what they're going to do SDN for, and how to create a hybrid network that includes SDN, which is really the trend we're seeing right now. So have you got one of the success stories you can share? I do. I'm going to give you an example of a, a very large car company that does uh, that sells cars at a price that you don't negotiate of all different brands. You can figure that out by yourself, <laughs> what brand that is. And you know they came to us and said, look, here's our problems. We have very aging equipment. 
We have customers that are really changing quick and they're bringing their kids and families in and they want to be on Wi-Fi, they want to be watching movies, consuming data, etc. And we need to make sure that our transactions are happening at lightning fast speed because people walk when they can't get things done, when the credit application takes too long to get through, when the checking for inventory on a car on the on the lot takes too long, people walk, they go away, they go somewhere else. And that's a great example of someone who still has an MPLS network because they need that. And it's important here to think about an intelligent network design when you talk to a big company like this with distributed branches. So they're not gonna get rid of their MPLS network. That's marketing fog, right? The most critical things that they need quality of, uh, of service on and that they need security on, they're not getting rid of. But in their branches, they were able to actually do an express connect, which is on our wireless platform, to get the guest Wi-Fi and the connectivity they needed at the branches. Then we actually put our uh, stand-enabled boxes in and put Ethernet in to some, Internet to others, depending on how big the branch was. And now the Express Connect Wireless is backup. So they have primary headquarter MPLS, they have branch topology that's Internet or broadband, and they have wireless as a tertiary network for backup. That's what an SDN use case looks like today. Wrapped up in about two minutes. Outstanding. Janet, thanks for your thanks time. Thanks so much. I'll let you get in there because they probably won't want to start with that. They probably won't. Well, they might want to. They might want to, <laughs> but they won't. I guarantee it. Thanks again for all the time. Okay. Appreciate it. Well, you can see Janet Shine's keynote at the show on Channel Communities, the ROI of investing in others, Tuesday, April 11th from 9.40 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. at Vandalay Bay. All right, Craig, as I understand it, we have a second guest on the line today, and you know how excited I get about this. Now, although this person is our second guest, there's still another one seed in our March Madness theme here. And quite frankly, Craig, you can't have March Madness on this podcast without having the Vice President of Sales and Marketing from Platte River Networks, David D. Camillus. David, welcome. How's everything going? Well, with that introduction, I'm feeling pretty honored. Thank you. I don't know if you realize this, Kevin, because you have a short memory sometimes, but David is our first two-time podcast guest, at least for people who don't work for Informa or channel partners. I think we're going to have to get in one of those jackets like they give the five-timers on Saturday Night Live. We've got a great show tonight! I think that's a great idea. Did we host David during our live session at Evolution? We yeah. did. He told me after that that it was the greatest time he'd ever had in his life. Isn't that right, David? <laughs> Of course, yes, yes. And I would expect that jacket to be very loud and obnoxious. Yeah, we can come through for you there. Now, we alluded to the real reason uh, you were here, uh, not just listening to all of our silly jokes, is to talk about uh, something that's taken up a good portion of your life over the past couple of years, and that's the whole Clinton email server issue. I know that some people are familiar with your role in that, and some people uh, listening are not. So start at day one. Tell us what happened with all that. How much time do we have? <laughs> it, it's limitless. <laughs> so it was actually uh, pretty interesting. So we have a, a niche in the family wealth asset management space. That's a mouthful. So basically, there's these boutique firms around the country that manage these very wealthy family and they're all their assets, all their financials, everything. We happen to have multiple customers in that space. And there's a specific CIO, outsourced CIO out of New York, who has brought us into a lot of those customers. And this CIO received a request from the clinic camp on trying to find a new uh, IT firm to help them with their home email server. So during Hurricane Sandy, the email server apparently was down for a week. And this is a famous server that was in the basement of their upstate New York house. Well, when the RFP was first presented to me, they did not tell 
us who the potential client was. They just said it was a high-ranking government in their family, government official in their family, and that they had had email issues. And this was right around the time of the General Petraeus email scandal. So I thought it was him. He had been removed from office, obviously, from his role. So we went through the RFP process for two or three months. And now this is after Hillary Clinton left the Secretary of State. That's something good to point out because a lot of the uh, reports out there were saying that we built that server and put it in the basement. We managed it while she was Secretary of State. That's not true. Um, We ended up winning the RFP and our first recommendation was to take the email server out of the basement, drive it to a secure data center in New Jersey, Equinix, one of the largest data center providers in the world. Just so happens one of their biggest customers is the U.S. government. Plus, they were not down during Hurricane Sandy. So we chose that site for a reason. We upgraded all the hardware, software, uh, did an exchange migration onto new, new hardware and software and locked that baby down. And it sat there for a good year or two until everything blew up. So, David, when would you say you first knew that this was a really serious issue? There were rumblings from some of the, uh, specifically the Benghazi committee, the Republican-led Benghazi committee that was investigating the uh, disaster at the embassy in Libya. And there were some rumblings about her email getting hacked and rumblings about her potentially using a home email server. So we took the server over in 2013. 2015, we received a call from the Clinton camp Um, And they had forwarded us the request from the Benghazi committee to turn over all the information on that home email server and anyone that was managing it and supporting it. At that point, we were pretty confident that our company name would be released. But honestly, we didn't think it was going to be a big deal because we didn't manage it while she was Secretary of State. And so we just thought it would be turnover communication documentation and then turn over the server and then we'd be done. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. Somehow, our company name did not get leaked to the press until the following August. And that's when the you-know-what hit the fan. And all hell broke loose. Unfortunately, a lot of the media is not very friendly. Uh, and then the internet as well. And these are topics that I cover in my upcoming session in Vegas on crisis management. And that's something that we were not prepared for. The first mistakes we made was when we received the um, call from the Clintons and the, and the documentation from Congress, we should have hired a specialist, a specific attorney to handle that. We should have also hired a crisis management firm and PR firm. We thought that we could you know, handle it ourselves. And we also went with just a local attorney who's really good at writing up our service agreements and SLAs, not necessarily managing requests from, from Congress. When it finally hit the press in August, we had figured out that we'd made some mistakes and we did bring on specific counsel as well as a crisis management PR firm to help us. That did help us kind of navigate that blow up. But talk about a blow up. We got hit with press inquiries from around the globe from every major news organization. And then they started showing up on our doorsteps and trying to interview employees in their cars as they pull up, putting cameras in our parking lots. And then the crazies started calling and hitting our websites, social media. It just turned into a, a freaking nightmare. So go into that a little more. How has it been to have the government uh, kind of in your business for the better course of the last two years? That's got to be a, a little complicated as well. Yeah. You know, when the government calls, you listen. When the FBI says, we want to talk to you, you don't say no. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's, and I had to go through three FBI interviews and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. It's very stressful. So we did nothing wrong. So errors and emissions insurance didn't apply. And we were never officially under investigation, but it sure felt like it. So multiple government agencies are demanding uh, documentation, information, uh, interviews. You know, we had to fly to D.C. And it's all on our dime. And, th- and that for a small business and a small managed services provider, that hurt. That, that hurt a lot. That's something you don't expect. And they don't think of you as a small business, you know, trying to employ 40 people and, uh, who are taking care of their families. They just say, hey, you need to be here tomorrow. Well, we're in Denver and you're in D.C. And, oh, you need to bring some of your engineers with you. Well, they're billable and we have jobs to do. So that part was definitely uh, something we were not prepared for. Now, David, as you alluded to just a few minutes ago, you know, you'll be part of a session panel at Channel Partners uh, April 10th to the 13th at Mandalay Bay. Our brand really is crisis. Lessons from campaign 2016, Russia and the FBI. I'm not really sure where you fit in there. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, based hey, on what we just talked about. But uh, I, didn't, you know, I didn't name it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why but, uh, is Russia? Why is Russia on there? I think the Russia came out of, we were obviously a very big target for hackers, and uh, we knew it was coming. And we had already had not only the Clinton email lockdown, but also our infrastructure lockdown. But after the phone call from the Clinton camp in that early March 2015, we knew it would get worse. So, so we beefed up firewalls, monitoring, you know, we took precautions. Thankfully, did because we were tracking and there was a lot of uh, traffic coming in on the website, uh, you know, our IP addresses, et cetera, from Russia, also China and some other countries, but Russia was definitely a big one. Wow. Could you provide the audience with a quick high-level overview of what you're going to talk about at this session and how you're going to show what you've learned and what Platte River has learned from your particular crisis that you went through and how it can apply to these partners? The way I put together the presentation is I do a timeline on uh, how we were introduced to them and how we won them as a client and then what we did you know, when it all blew up and, and how we managed that. And I'll be the first to tell you, uh, we made mistakes. You know, we definitely learned from those mistakes. My goal is to share that information with the audience so that they can learn from our mistakes and become better prepared for any crisis. One thing I'm, I've seen in our industry is it, it doesn't have to be. I mean, what are the odds of, of, a, of someone in, my, in the audience, you know, taking over uh, Trump's email, right? <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. But <laughs> or his Twitter you know, feed. Yeah, or his Twitter feed, exactly. <laughs> It's not that, it's other types of crisis. For example, let's say that you're the managed service provider and you're, and you're maintaining the infrastructure for a company that has a lot of people's information, credit cards, personal information, health records, you know, what have you, and, and it gets hacked and um, you get drug into an investigation, potential lawsuit, the press gets a hold of it if it's a high-ranking company or a company that you're doing IT for gets involved in a major criminal investigation that's media heavy. So, so there's lots of things that can happen that aren't necessarily the Clinton email server that can drag one of our peers into a crisis like this. You know, knowing how to have the right security in place, training your employees, um, have, have it, like I said, hiring specialists, having the right insurance in place, having the right PR, having your website set up properly and your social media and managing that. I hit on all these topics and I show what happened, you know, and when it happened and and how it happened and how we were either prepared or not prepared, mistakes we made and how I would do it differently now. So uh, I think it's a very interesting um, 
presentation because it's something that all of us can relate to. It's something that we're all affected by every day. Not to make fun of your situation, David, but I'm going to anyway, because it is a serious situation. But uh, I've got some breaking news, Uh, Kevin. I haven't even told you about this, but I I just happened to get my hands on a few of those 30,000 emails that have been at the center of this whole controversy. Do you guys want to hear them? Sure. Do you have a choice? All right. Here's the first one. It appears to be uh, to one of Hillary's, uh, just a girlfriend living in Madison, Wisconsin. It's from uh, just about the time that it became clear that Donald Trump would become the Republican nominee. Here it goes. She says, Dear Betty Sue, sorry, but I won't be visiting your state this year. I'll make it up to you by inviting you to the White House. Signed, Hillary. <laughs> so so what you're saying here, Craig, is uh, don't follow Hillary's bracket predictions uh, for the NCAA tournament then. Absolutely. Now, here's, here's another one. And this one appears to be to her husband, Bill, the former president. She says, Dear Bill, thanks for the flowers, but I will never forget. And never forget is in all caps. I'm not sure what she's talking about there. She's being kind of cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> hey. And here's a here's the last one I've got. It's a short one that it was actually written the week before the election. It was to FBI Director James Comey, and it simply reads, "Really, really." So there you go, <laughs> Kevin. I expect that uh, you and I will be in demand on all of the cable networks tonight with our uh, our little breaking news. Uh, no doubt about it, and and I'm sure that Trump and his team will now be listening to our podcast uh, regularly because we mentioned his name four or five times. In any number of ways, they'll be listening to it, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, uh, so At least we live up to fake news now, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So on a more serious note, uh, David, where does all this stand now with the investigation? Is it still going on or what do people need to know? What can you tell us? You know, as much as we do after the election, everything seemed to die down and Trump even said that you know he wasn't going to go after Hillary in the emails. It really disappeared. We we disappeared from the press, thankfully. Although we were never officially under investigation, she obviously was. Had she been elected president, it probably would have continued for another four years. So yeah, that's that's about all I know. And then David, I got one last serious question for you here, uh, and that's who you got in the uh, March Madness NCAA tournament, good sir. All right. Well, uh, I did win it a couple of years ago. I seem to get lucky here and there. I did two of them. I have two different brackets going. One I picked Villanova and the other one I picked Gonzaga. You you said you won the pool there. Was was that a bracket with like five people or was that actually? (laughs) (laughs) Nice try. (laughs) <laughs> 30. I, think were, nice. I think there were 30, 32 that year. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us again. Your second go around, uh, the jacket will be in the mail. Craig will just pull that loud, obnoxious jacket out of his closet and send it right over to you. I, got uh, three I think you, you should unveil that in Vegas. That's a Vegas jacket. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> hey, I, hey, guys, thanks. I'm, I'm honored to have actually been the first two-time guest. So uh, hopefully we'll keep that string going. We shall see. We'll bring you back again for sure. Thanks for your time. Have a great one, guys. Take care. All right. And don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast if you're so daring. Just go to iTunes and search Channel Partners Online, and you'll find our archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin podcasts. We'll be back with another podcast in a couple of weeks, our final one before the show, where we're going to bring you a live edition of Coffee with Craig and Kevin. And Kevin, I understand you're saving up your best stuff for that one. Uh, Let's hope so, because I'm certainly not bringing it on these podcasts. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody.